What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I am Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt, and we're back. Yep. So happy to have the month of August behind us. Oh, man. It was a bad one. Yeah, you, lots of you, lots of random stuff happening. You all heard about our, our, tri- our trials and tribulations with the uh, extermination or whatever. Yeah. And at the end of the month, when we were like, oh, hey, we're going to record... Uh, I magically get a sinus infection, <laughs> eye infection, and laryngitis. Yep. So, yeah. Right, bef- right before I went to Vegas on a work trip for a week. So, and good had, signs all around. And I had the baby by myself. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. So, hopefully, uh, <laughs> now we can get back to a more regular recording schedule again. Yes. That'd be nice because I've, I've missed doing this. So, uh, we have a cool show for you today. We're going to talk about our favorite deck building games. Uh, we're going to debut a new segment to the show later on. Um, but before we get too deep in, just a reminder of where you can find us online, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at uh, Tabletop for Two is the, uh, is the name for all those. So make sure you check us out on those platforms. And then you can subscribe to the show on Stitcher Radio and iTunes or on Pocket Casts. Uh, please make sure you do subscribe. And if you do iTunes, if you leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. And we would also read it on the air for you. Because so. Brad likes to hear himself talk. I do. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. <laughs> So uh, we actually have a pretty robust list of new stuff that we've been playing because we went through. Let's just say we've <laughs> made up for lost time. Yeah, for sure. So the first one we'll talk about is a game called Barony. Um, this is a new game from Mark Andre. Um, Mark Andre. Who, who got you started on this one? Uh, the Le- the League of Nonsense School Gamer guys were posting a lot of Twitter pictures around. It looked interesting. Um, Mark Andre, for those of you who may find that name familiar, was the designer of Splendor. Um, this is his big follow-up for that. Um, Barony is a very different type of game than Splendor. It's an area control game uh, where you're trying to move troops around the map uh, and set up villages, which you can then convert into cities, uh, all in the name of getting uh, basically point tokens that are related to the different resource. You have your your different types of terrains, your mountains, your fields um, that give you different resource tokens that are worth points, and then you use those points to basically like upgrade your status um in the in the kingdom so uh and then the point the the goal is to be the first person to get to be the baron and then you look at points because your leftover tiles get your resource points and that's basically the end of the game mm-hmm. um it was fun it is it is completely overproduced for what it is yeah for sure it, like <laughs> it could have been as simplistic as splendor is and been I, fine. Well, some would argue that Splendor is also quite overproduced for <laughs> for what it is, considering the poker chips and the you know the thick cardboard. Yeah, tiles. but it just seems a little more simple, and it it does. You know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the the game at its core is just it's just an area control game, and I don't even want to say like a set collection game, just an area control game. Um, Hello, sir. But they have like these really. They have these really nice tiles, and they're variables so that every game in your and map will little, be different. The little castles and everything are nice. Oh yeah, the, all, all the wood I mean, pieces are like they're fantastic. Custom, yeah. like custom molds. You have like little knight pieces, and you have villages and cities. It's it's a great production, and it actually, considering all of the bits that are in the box, um, the price point I think was fifty dollars at retail, which probably means you can find it on online for cheaper than that. Um, yeah, pretty good. If you do get it on Amazon. <laughs> and, and do it through our link. Wait, do we have? We a don't link? have one now. Okay, do it through the dense, dense pixels, pixels link. link. Do densepixels dot com slash Amazon. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's 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 a decent game. We've only played it the one time. I'd be curious to investigate it more. Um, it seems like a game that again it it plays okay with two, um, three people. The extra interaction would probably be nice because it's might be even too easy just to plan for one other person. Yeah, being in your stuff, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's it's a solid pickup. Um, I don't know about its longevity in our collection. You're making though. this really difficult because I really could have made a comment right there. Well, that's. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Barony, um, check it out. I'm 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 still on the fence about if I'm really in love with it or not. I'd say I'd have to play it with a with a higher player count. Yeah. So said, so two player I, I not as I don't think like you said with two people I think it's too easy to predict especially with us since we play so many games together I kind of know your style so mm-hmm. it's way too easy for me to predict how you're gonna do you think go. it'll stick in our collection for two I don't know no not sure we'll see okay we'll have to see through a couple more plays yes Ovi 
Um, the next one that we played, uh, another new game, is Navigator. Um, this one actually surprised me because, like, I I had no I had no clue, never heard of this game. Brad just he got it, and I think in a trade, and I was like, it was oh, part of our big math this? trade that we got. And uh, he's like, oh, let's play this. Completely shocked me. It was not what I expected at all. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I loved it. It's just like a little exploration game. You're finding new territories, uh, gathering your resources to get money, and yeah, this yeah, it's fun. This this is a Matt Gertz design. Um, it's been around for a couple of years, but uh, I I was turned on to it because we have Concordia, which we both enjoyed, and I was curious to see other games that he had done. Um, Navigator is it uses the rondel mechanics, so there's basically an action wheel, and on your turn you can move ba- really any number of spaces around the wheel that you want to select the action that you want. But to, but if you move further than I think it's three spaces, you might have to pay like a cost to do that. Um, and like Emily said, it's uh, it's it, there's exploration. Um, basically, it's it's if you've played Concordia, um, you'll kind of understand where it is. It's it's a game where there's lots of different ways to score points at the end, so you end up specializing in a couple areas. Like if you specialize in exploration, that's a way to score points. If you build certain buildings, that can be a way to score points. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, a, a lot um, lot thinkier than it appeared to be at first. Like, like it was really one of those games where you had to sit there and really, you know, contemplate your move as you go. I was impressed with it. Um, like I said, I enjoyed Concordia. Uh, Navigator scratched the different itch for me in a lot in the same I way. I like the fact that even though uh, it was just the two of us, it seemed to play really, really well with just two people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, you, you understand what I mean. Um, some games just, you know, you start playing and it's just like, okay. Well, part this part of me not going to be good. Part of me actually, I don't know. Say, I, like one of the things. So they have um like a a goods market in the game. That's basically a a sliding market because you know as more goods are produced, the you know it's worth less to produce them, but the cost is higher. And then as you know as they get bought, the demand bottoms out, and and there's there's gold spices and um. Uh, what was it? Sugar was the third one. Yeah, sugar. And I and I like how in two player you can really manipulate that market and really use that market it's to game. Surprisingly, you can su- really really swing the market. I didn't think you'd be able to swing it so much, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, very good. Um, you have to really and, and it's another game. It's what well, the other thing I enjoy is you really have to look at, and it's easier to do this with two players than it probably would be with more. You have to look at what actions are going to be readily available for your opponent for their next turn and kind of plan what you do around that to mitigate, you know, what they're right. going to try to do and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed navigator. Yeah. Um, I could see it getting to, to the table. Again. Yeah. I can see it getting to the table many, many, many times yeah. in the future for sure. Um, Solid. Next on our list was another new pickup um, called tides of time. Mm-hmm. This was, this, this had a lot of buzz at Gen Con. This is a new release from portal games. And Brad had told me, he's like, oh, I'm on the fence about it, but he ended up buying it. Cause it was 12 he always, bucks. He always does. It was $12. <laughs> okay, it was $12. Well, yeah. Um, but he told me his only fear was that it was going to be one of those where it's just going to kind of feel the same every time. And I can kind of understand that after one playthrough, because you literally see every card mm-hmm. in the game, yeah, every this- playthrough. So as as you, the more you play, you're going to learn the cards, and then it's just not going to be fun anymore. Yeah, this is a um a uh, two well, player. That's just how I feel. Yeah, this is a two player um drafting game where you are, uh, you get a hand of cards, and you you know basically select a card to keep out of that hand, and then you pass the rest over. And each card has they a. They do have some fun names though. They do. Like so, they, it's got this like like pseudo like fantasy setting sort of. Old man's past. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but each of the cards has a scoring condition on it. Like there's five different suits. So like some of the cards say and most of the suit. Every card has like a little suit in the corner of it. Not every card. There's a couple that don't actually. Really? Yeah, there are a few that didn't I, have any suits. I thought at all. I had. I thought everything. Well, everything I had had a suit on it. Yeah. So um, but basically, you know, it might be most of this suit. You know, you score points for, or if you collect one of each of these suits, you get a certain number of points. So, and then at the end of each round, after you each have, have drafted five cards. Um, you look at each of the cards and you score points for the ones that score, and then and then you get to keep one. Yeah, you get to so out of the five cards, you get to actually keep one of them, and that stays with you for the rest of the game. And then you get to remove one from the game entirely, and then you draw a couple more cards to put in your hand back to five. It plays over three rounds, pretty quick game. Um, but yeah, like Emily said, it's I could I could see it getting 
very sameish just because there's not there is no variability in the cards just in the order that they come out like you know exactly what cards you're going to see um which i guess could help with strategy later on because you know you can set yourself up towards a card that you know you know is in the deck somewhere but might not necessarily have it for you know the next round or two mm-hmm. um but this one was similar I, it looked similar to eminent domain microcosm which i think i much prefer to this one just because there's a lot more like there's a little bit more variability in that one there's some hidden you know cards in that one because when you're getting the planets you don't know right. you know what you're getting your opponent won't know which one you have uh usually so there's a little bit more meat to that one i i think so i think so so i, th- I think if i only had to keep one i think we're a little biased though because be, we love emdo so no, much I, I think i would like eminent domain more anyway um just because i feel like like you said it has i think there's more game inside of it more longevity for sure well we played the crap out of it when we just had the print and play so mm. i mean come on yeah so if i if i had to keep one um, I would keep Ember Domain. That being said, like I said, times times twelve bucks. If you get five good plays out of that game, I mean, hard pressed to say that you couldn't get your money's worth out of it. So, I, I don't know. It's uh, I could see that. I could see us keeping it possibly as like a travel game, maybe. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's I. I was on the fence with that one too. I'm actually. It's been a very middling week for me so far. With this list here, we're about to have very, one more. You're very wishy-washy. We're about to have one more because really? we played uh, Citadels. Yeah, it not it just Citadels is fine. I don't like the two-player experience with that one though. Why? Because I kicked your butt. No, not because you kicked my I butt. I wiped the floor with him. You did. I but had what was it? Eight buildings to your two. I had like four. Yeah, right. You had way more than I did though. But I no, I didn't. I didn't like the two-player experience just because I feel like it's too easy to especially like with the assassin and the thief to to target the to target somebody so let's come up with our own variant with we'll just play a better game for two players like there are there are other hidden role games that we can play oh, that are come out on there. van but dig into that big brain of yours and come up with something i don't know it's uh, i don't i don't feel the compulsion to try it like it's a game i'll keep for higher player counts because i think like citadels will be a better game then Love Letter will be at like four players, and plus they can play more than four players, which is nice. How many can it play? Uh, like seven, I think, Damn. if I'm not mistaken. So, um, so it's fine. Um, and and again, for those of you that don't know, Citadels, it's a hidden roll game where each turn you pick a new hidden roll out of there's eight that are available. Um, and then the the way the turn unfolds is you go from each of them are assigned a number from one to eight. You go lowest number, highest number. Each of them has a special ability, but essentially you're trying to get gold and then use that gold to buy buildings, which are worth points. And there are other ways to score some bonus points at the end of the round. So it's it's fine. Um, I don't see us playing it two player very often, though. We have better two player games. Like that's that's what it boils down to. Okay. Uh oh, we got another one on. This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just hitting this middle. I, of the list th- this is the last one where I think that we're that we were down on. We'll just call, on the list this, this week. Is, this is the middle of the road middle list here because geez, Louise. Okay, yeah. so we played Rise of Cthulhu. Um, we actually backed this on Kickstarter and got it what a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I will say it was probably the fastest Kickstarter I've ever seen. I I think the guy might have had the game already. When he put it up, yeah, and just then and just sh- shipped it out after the campaign was over. So we got this. We played it once. Well, let's let's talk about what it is first, real quick. So it's so Rise of Cthulhu is a what's the best way to describe this? I guess it's like a you want to call it a set collection game. I mean, I, I almost want to call it it's, an area. Or air, control it, it is kind of an area control game because so, you're trying because you have four locations that are set out and you're trying to control these locations. Yeah, and you do that by playing cards out of your hand. There's you have there's a it's a fifty card deck. There's five different colors that each run one to ten, and basically when you play a card, the the highest sum on each on either side determines who controls the location. Um, and then where the strategy comes into play is that if you play like three of the same number, you get to do a special thing. Or if you play three of the same color, you get to do a special thing. Or if you play like a runs, like a four, five, six of the same color, you get to get this really powerful card mm-hmm. that you can use on a future turn. If you've ever played Battle Line, Battle Line is probably the closest comparison to it. 
Um, Pinata is kind of similar as well in Pinata. terms of how it plays her balloon cup. Um, so yeah, like like I said, we got this from Kickstarter, and it's it's really we, falling well, flat. We played it once, and it was okay. We put it on the shelf. And the other night, he's like, oh, hey, this is really quick. Let's do this before bed. Sure. Get it out. I don't know. I was just in a mood that night. I don't know if it was because I was in a mood, but it just completely fell flat. Like, I was honestly a little bored playing it. Mm -hmm. Like, I love, don't get me wrong, I love the theme. I love the Cthulhu stuff, but this game just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's and we've played Battle Line one time. Uh, Emily didn't care for it, but she's willing to give it another chance. I think that'll. I told go over you, a lot I give better. everything two shots. Yeah. If after two shots, I'm still not sold, then it's it. Yeah, I was kind of bored too playing this one the second time. Um, it's just that the the special things that you can do in the game really don't have a huge impact, and they don't happen nearly enough. I don't think. You yeah. know what I mean? And 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 I feel like it's. There's too much luck because it's basically if you draw the right cards, you're good. If mm-hmm. you don't, you're kind of like. Well, the other issue I have, so the what you seed the deck with, there's three of the you know great old ones that you play with each game, and it's random which ones you use, and they get seeded throughout the deck. So you generally know where they are, um, but what you don't know is which locations they're going to impact, which is completely random. So like if you're concentrating on, you know, one location like two locations out of the four and then one pops out and it just happens to be one of the ones for your opponent. Well, they're going to get to control that location and Oh, they might also get this ridiculous ability that the great old one gives them when they pop into play that could even further hamper, you know what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't too blown away by it. Um, I, it's not something I think we're going to keep. Um, I I'd rather give battle line another chance, which I think is a really, solidly designed game and and it's more deterministic too because in battle line you actually determine by your card play who controls which location and it's not triggered by some random event that happens so i think we'll stick with that one um rise of cthulhu i'd say would be a pass for sure um we finally got to the table a game that i've been really wanting for a long time couldn't find it in stores like to say rococo yeah, couldn't find Rococo in stores, <laughs> didn't want to pay an arm and a leg for it online, finally got it for a decent price, um, and we and we finally Called got to the table. me at work excitedly, oh my god, guess what, they had it for this price, plus $3 for shit, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm like, did you get it? I did. Okay, shut up, goodbye, I'm Yeah, working. we got a ridiculous <laughs> Amazon deal, um, So, and it's the most excited you'll ever see me about a game that's about making dresses for all the different lords and ladies. <laughs> In the land. So, uh, Rococo is a... Dudes don't wear dresses, huh? Would you call it a action selection game, I guess? It's kind of what it is. Because you're playing card, well, you know. it's action... Uh, I would say... Also a little bit of resource management with your mm. money and your materials. A little bit of deck building, too. But ba- basically, you have... Each turn, you have three... Uh, you have a team of... Of tailors, basically, that you and so, and they have three different levels of tailor. So you know they have the there's, master. There's and, busted thimble tailor. There's yeah. silver tim, thimble tailor, and then there's gold thimble tailor. Yeah, and the, and their their grade uh, determines which actions. There's six different actions on the board that you can perform, and it, it determines which actions they're able to access, basically. Um, and you're like Emily said, you're trying to basically just get materials, use those materials to make dresses, which you can then sell or rent for the great ball that's happening in the castle. And then you can buy, you know, help fund decorations for that ball, which gets you victory points. It's, it's, it's a lot of different ways to earn points, but the way that all of the mechanisms are intertwined is really intelligent, really smart, rewards forward thinking play, smart play. Um, really no randomness in the game at all. You know, like the, there's a deck of new workers cause you can hire more people to add cards mm-hmm. to your deck basically. Um, and some of the workers actually have an extra action if you use them. Yeah. There's like a bonus there's that a you can bonus get. bonus action on them, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And, and there's no luck with those because you know, um, they come out in stages. So you'll know generally which ones are coming each game. So you can sort of plan around that, but there's still a, a little bit of variability as to, you know, whether they, you know, come out in the first round or a round later than that, because there's only four Plus, new workers that get drawn each round. Plus, you materials are going to pop out. Yeah, there. and what dresses will pop up and stuff like that. So, so a lot of variety. 
Um, but just a really smart game. Like I was, I, I like it because it doesn't seem like this is one of those ones where you're gonna find, oh hey, this is this is the way that we need to do this every time. This is my clear path to victory every time. Um, I feel like there are many different ways to win. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because you can specialize in, you know, taking people to the ball. You can just get a crap ton of money and and try to win through that routes and buy like Making different decorations. Rain. Yep. And and it scales great. Um the two player they have a two three player board and then they have a four to five player board. Is that why cuz I was wondering mm-hmm. on the bottom of the board I saw it said 2 to 3 and I was like, "What?" Yeah, and it just and it just restricts the number of spaces that are available cuz obviously the four five player board is more dress right. spaces in the king's castle and stuff I like that. I can't imagine playing the game with five people. Uh I can't imagine playing most games with five, <laughs> five or most I should sorry, most euro games with five people. I can't imagine going to that high of a player count. Right. But uh, yeah, Rococo is great. Um, highly recommend it if you can find a decently priced copy. Um, it's it's tough to find because it's out of print. But this this one's one that gets a lot of high praise around the 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 uh, reviewers, and it's well deserved. It's a very good game. Um, we also played Sunrise City over the mm-hmm. weekend, over the long holiday weekend. Um, I actually quite enjoyed this one. What is this? Would you call this just like a tile? Tiling. Tile placement yeah. something. Game, for sure. It um how many different colors are there? There's like There's there's four regular colors and then there's like a wild color, which is purple. So bait so it's when when it's your turn, um you have these zone sections, which are like construction sites that you put down on the board and then and you then have you these building tiles. Them. Yeah. Well you have to bid on them with your chips first. Yep. And try to control them, and so then, that you can build on them. Yeah, and then and then they have these basically two, two sided or not two sided, two um, like rectangular building tiles that cover two building areas each, and you have to match the colors, um, in order to place the tile down. But what's cool is that once you have a tile down, you can actually build vertically as well, mm-hmm. um, to get more points or to possibly build across an area that you normally can't because the zone tiles have sidewalks and like waterways on them and you can't build across the water. Of course. Um, I was, so you said you liked this one. I liked it. I was on the fence about it. Um, I, I, I don't feel like there's enough building in the game. Like the game only lasts three rounds and each round you only have up to four buildings that you're going to build. Um, so I wasn't, entirely in love with it. I think I need to play it more though mm-hmm. um, to get a greater grasp of the strategy. The one thing that I like that's really cool actually is that when you get points for your building, um, there's this track that you move your marker along that goes from from 1 to 10 and every time you cross the 10, um, you get a star. The star is actually the victory points for the game, but if you manipulate it so that you land on the 10 exactly, you actually get a bonus star as well. So you, whenever you're putting a building down, you're trying to make it so that you, you land on the 10 by that exact count so you can get that extra victory point. I really like that actually because that lay, you know, adds an extra layer of strategy to the game as far as when you, you know, where you place your buildings and, you know, how you manipulate the different scoring points that they can give you and stuff like that. So that part's really cool. I think I just need to play it more. I think the bidding was something that I was on the fence about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as with most auction mechanics, it doesn't work quite as well with two players as it probably would with more. But it, it still worked okay with two it's players. It's still cutthroaty enough for my liking, though. because Yes, because you can steal. Yeah, you yeah. can steal spaces <laughs> from people because that's... As you guys have learned through listening to us, we like to play cutthroat. So, um, actually, I, well, I will say though, I I really enjoy the components though. Yes. In the game, there it it's it's it was a game salute game. Seriously, the um the ones for the buildings, like the tiles for the buildings, are like super duper thick cardboard. It's like four millimeters I'm or like, something like that. It was crap. pretty crazy. I said, Is this one thing? He said, "Yes, that's just one piece." I'm like, "Wow." Tough to shuffle though. And uh, did you notice who did the graphic design? No, Mr. Christopher Kirkman, Mr. Dice Hate Me, Chris yeah. Kirkman. Yeah, so and and I and I like the art of the game. It's got a very like nineteen you know forties Los Angeles like art style kind of sort of art deco. Yes, that's I don't know why I didn't just say art deco because I knew I that's what that know. was. So I like that. You had a brain fart. There, I did didn't have you? a brain fart there. So <laughs> dig it. Um, like I said, I'll play it more. Um. I don't know what it was that just didn't strike me that first game, but it just didn't, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. And you actually liked it more than I thought you would 
just because I remember when we first watched a review of that game, you were very on the fence about it yourself. Well, you know how I am. I know it's 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 harder for you to discern just through watching. I think you, I think you do no, much better I, when you I'm, play. I'm a much better hands on kind of gal. Yeah. I, once I I got to get my hands on it and. So yeah. the last thing we're going to talk about this week, not um, a game, yeah, not a game, but a recent board game related Kickstarter. So, um, cardboard clothing was a Kickstarter that we backed a few about a month and a half ago or two months ago. Um, it was done by, and I think it's Justin Schaefer, if I'm not mistaken, who also is the head of Terra Nova Games. Um, but he did he basically designed his own board game clothing line, um, and the Kickstarter gave a lot of uh, different design options. They had. Um, the shirts that we got, I got a couple of Lahav shirts. Um, got a pandemic shirt, which was cool. You got a Takinoko shirt. Takinoko, because I love Takinoko. Yeah. Of course, it's hilarious because it says um, Bamboo, Bamboo Express. Express, and it kind of looks like the Panda Express, you know, thing, which I love. I was like, oh my god. It's yeah. The the designs on the on the shirts oh, are really me- nice. My Meeple Love shirt. Yes. I love that shirt. So the design on the shirts are really cool. I, I like the and they have more other more games on there. I know they had like a Twilight Struggle one. They had um, well, also as bonus from the Kickstarter, we got a tote bag and we got coasters and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, this yeah, is but, awesome. But the shirts are really nice, um, really high quality. Uh, they were pretty affordable. I think they were like they would have been twenty a piece if you were just buying them individually. But we got like five shirts, and it was like what. I think it was 80 bucks or something like yeah. that. I mean, I don't know if that pricing is going to be the same if you just go to their website and order from them. Oh, did you see in the thing, though, um, they put us a thing since we were Kickstarter backers. There's a thing for when they get their online uh, store up and running. It's uh, 15% off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep an eye on that. Uh, again, it's cardboard clothing. Um, highly recommend that you guys check that out oh, when it goes and live. If any of you out there listening are like my hubby. And you require a little extra length on your their shirts. Uh, they actually had talls, which we were mm-hmm. very excited about. Yeah, they actually added those uh, later on in the campaign. That was a so. stretch goal. And I was very excited. I was like, honey, look. I was like, they unlocked so you can get tall shirts. Yep, because that's always the bane of my existence. Yes. Is trying to find cool shirts that actually go to the tall size. You so, guys uh, have no idea how difficult it is to find nerd shirts and talls. Yeah. So, but very cool. Um, cardboard clothing. Check it out when you get a chance. So that's all for what we've been playing. Um, we'll come back with our new segment that we have, and uh, we'll go from there. See you in a sec. Welcome back. Uh, we are going to debut a new segment on the show, um, which I fully admit that we are shamelessly stealing from the podcast of non Little Gamers because it's a good segment. And I feel like it's one that we need to do because we have this list of games that we... We have a Google Keep list, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have two Google Keep lists. One is games that we have bought that are brand new that we need to play. And then we have a list of games that we love that we really want to get back to the table. So we're pulling from both of those lists and um, we're challenging ourselves to get them to the table within what, the next month? Within a month. Yeah. So yes. we're so a month from now. So th- when they do we it, figure this will give us the yeah. kick in the booty to make us do it. So, so podcast <laughs> nonsensical gamers, they call this segment top of the stack. I'm not going to rip off their name. So we're going to call it get to the table. <laughs> That was a request by me because we're sitting there last yeah, night the and he's like, thing. get it to the table. And I was like, get to the chopper. <laughs> and, and then I made him. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so we're going to so we're going to list five games that uh, we have that some of them are recent acquisitions. Some of them are not. Uh, but we are committing to ourselves that we are going to get these games to the table uh, within a month's time. And then a month from now, we will uh, let you guys know how we did or didn't do uh, based on that. So the first one, uh, the new game just came out from Cool Mini or Not. Uh, called the World of Smog on Her Majesty's Service. This is a uh, sort of like a Euroy puzzle game of sorts because you're trying to gather like a set of different gems, but you have to maneuver your way around this uh, this board. But each space on the board is made of these gears, and there you can manipulate the gears by turning them in different directions. But what's interesting is that the gear. That's fa- like each gear has four different sides on it, and the one that you pay attention to are the ones that are actually facing you. So you can make it, so you can manipulate it so that your opponent has tougher times on their turns, or you need to turn the gears to make it so that a favorable side faces you. It looks cool um, because it's cool, meaning or not, it of course has ridiculously detailed good miniatures. 
as well. This is one that he showed me one night as I'm trying to go to sleep in bed. He's watching our view, and I'm like, "Is it cool? Were you watching that?" I'm like, "I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Why won't you leave me alone?" But then you heard puzzle game, and you got excited. And then, so. and then he said, "But it's like," and then I heard him. They're like, "Oh, it's like a puzzle," and I'm like, "Puzzles? Okay." <laughs> yeah, so I'm look, a sucker for the puzzles. I can't help it. I, I, I'm thinking it's gonna be good, and I've already looked at the components. Of course, well, they're top and notch, it, and it doesn't help that they make a shameless James Bond reference. In the name of the game, right? Yes, they do. Because, you know. I keep, I keep wanting to call it on Her Majesty's Secret Service. No, I, I figured you would. Because, <laughs> like, I saw that, and that's the first thing that popped into my head. Yep. So, uh, no, the next one on the list, um, Isle of Sky. one of the worst Bond films I've ever watched. Yeah, no, it's not, I, it's it's not one of my favorites either. It's boring. Um, Isle of Sky, we picked up recently. This was an impulse purchase. I didn't really know anything about this game when I picked it up. Um, it's from Mayfair Games. He's been buying a lot of games without my knowledge lately. Yeah. Just FYI. So far, mostly good, though, yeah? If I'm not mistaken. I don't remember or not. I can't think of any misses that we've had that were uh, not discussed before. Well, we did just play another new one with some friends mm-hmm. not too long ago, and that was pretty good. Yeah. So, but Isle of Sky, this is a tile lane game, but it's got a really interesting auction mechanic where each turn, um, each player is going to draw three tiles. And they lay them out in front of their little player screen. And then secretly, they're going to assign bids to each of the three tiles. And then it it, they'll, it gives other players a chance to buy them for that price. But you got to be careful because if you set the price too high and no one wants to buy it, you're stuck with it and have to pay that price to to keep the tile and lay it in your, in your tableau. Um, looks interesting. It's, it's a very neat way to do an auction mechanic that I've never really seen before. So it looked cool, um, and I'm looking forward to to checking that one out and seeing how it goes. You're probably not going to hear much from me on the new games because he's the one that's been buying them. I know nothing about any of them. <laughs> um, next one on our list is Fantastica. This is actually one I wanted to add to the list because we've had it for like two months, months now, now yeah. and I keep telling him, okay, come on, I want to play. I was like, I don't really know what it's about, but I want to play. Well, It's a, de- a deck-building game, um, but it's about like adventuring. Mm-hmm. Essentially, so you're trying to fight monsters with your different cards and stuff. That's it's a very like, very like kids fantasy themed almost. Like the different weapons you have are like a wand or like a spoon or something like that. Kind of, sort of. Not it's not not even quite as young adult. I'd say like even possibly like younger kids could be fine with the theme and it would be it would be okay. Okay, just say Harry Potter and I'll be excited. Sure, why not? Harry Potter. <laughs> so, but uh so but we've had it for a while. It's a very simple deck building game, but we love deck building games um as you'll, you know, we'll talk about later on. But uh I've had this one for a bit, yeah, and we sh- and we do need to get it to the table for sure. Um the next one was actually also at my bidding, at my behest, <laughs> and that was Thunder Alley. We have had this game for quite a while. We've mm-hmm. played it once. Mhm. I thought we played it twice. No, we've only played it once. I feel like we've played it twice. And we really liked it, and we just haven't played it again yeah, after that. Yeah, it's, it's just really hard because, you know, with kid and trying to... Oh, yeah. You know. Really, I mean, just Thunder Alley is one of the most... One of the coolest racing games that I've seen. Um, just the way... Because in this game, it's kind of like a NASCAR-themed yeah. game, but it's you move, the, you move with cards, but when you move your car... Based on the type of movement that you do, you might end up ha- taking other cars with you, even some that your opponent might have. Right. And it's not, and you have a team of cars. It's not just one car that you're controlling. And the point is to have the best, like overall finish. Not necessarily to have the car that wins the race, but the car that the team that does the best job, which is, uh, I think, a more interesting way to handle it. Handle we it than like quite Formula taken D. with it. Oh yeah, and like I said, it's just for whatever reason we just haven't gotten a table, so we are doing it. This month, because I've been wanting to for a while as well. Yes. For sure. Um, yes. The last one is another game that we bought. I bought for Emily's birthday back in February. We played it shortly after we got it, liked it, and for some reason it hasn't left the shelf since then, and that is St. Petersburg. I, no, I'm blaming it all on Brad. I have asked to play this, I don't know how, at least a dozen times I've asked him, hey, let's play this, let's play this, let's play this. Kim said, no, we don't have enough time. No, it's always an excuse. So I fully blame you for the reason that we have not played this a second time. Well, but I put this on the list for us to play. So I'm... Yeah, only because I shamed you into it. That is not true. I I brought this on of my own accord. BS. But St. Petersburg, um, which is a... I call BS. What would you... I guess set collection? Yeah. Kind of, sort of. 
It's got other elements than that too, but it's a it's an interesting card game. It um, also has one of the funniest cards I've ever seen in my life. Which one? The I don't remember what it's called, but it's the shepherd guy, and he's got the little sheep in front of him, and mm-hmm. he's got the most god awful look on his face, and the sheep's eyes are like wide saucers. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh my! I can't remember which card that is. I'll the we'll have to remember that when we, when we play it again. So. I posted a picture of it on Facebook. I'm sure I did. Yeah, this and this is the, like the new fancy edition that has the different, you know, module expansions and and all that jazz. So it's uh, I liked it. I it just I remember it taking like over 90 minutes when we played it the first time. I don't know if that was just first time. Uh, I think that might have been first play. time AP. Okay, a little bit. Because yeah, it's that. You, that's, and, uh, you and I can usually bang them out pretty quickly. We we we're usually under. You know, whatever time they suggest on the box. Hmm. So we'll have to find out when we play it sometime this month, hopefully. So yes. that's that's the five that we're committing to. Like I said, we'll, we will report back uh, at the beginning of October and see how we did. Um, hopefully, well. Yes. But uh, we'll see. But uh, so stay. So thanks for checking that out. Stay tuned. We're gonna go over our top five deck building games. So uh, enjoy. So we are going to get into our top five deck building games. So this one I wanted to wait on for a while um, for whatever reason. But this is if if we had to pick one mechanic that was our favorite mechanic, I would probably say that deck building is it. Yep. Would you agree? I would have to agree. Yeah. Like if, if a game's I mean, a deck building game, we will automatically at least give it a shot for yeah. sure. Well, and because I feel like. It was one of the because f- Ascension was one of the first games. It was like the first game that we bought. Well, it was that in Carcassonne. Yeah, and we really, really got into Ascension. I mean, we were like every night we were playing like three, four, five games mm-hmm. in a row. You know, we played the crap out of Godslayer Chronicle of the Godslayer. Yeah, and and I remember just like learning about that mechanic and finding out what it was was what really intrigued me to even check out like strategy board games. So it's it's got it's always held like a special place in our heart, um, and our tastes have evolved and changed with that genre over time. So, uh, but we definitely have our, our five best that we would recommend to any fan of deck building. Quick disclaimer, though: um, conspicuous bias, absence is Dominion, which I have played. Emily have has not. not, and I just feel and I'm like fine with that. yeah, it's I I feel like that other games have taken like Dominion was the first and everyone you know pay homage to Dominion for and Donald X back Rainer for inventing deck building, but I think there are other yeah, games that have all taken other games are well I I think that that other that there's other deck building games and we'll talk about them through the list that have taken no, that no, core him mechanic specifically the other games well, he's had a couple played, other decent games been, so he's had a couple mm-hmm. other decent ones but uh other games I think have taken that core mechanic and refined it in a way that's much better than Dominion has. I know some people will be like, oh, Dominion's always the best because it was the first, but I, I I, don't agree with that sentiment. That's why it's on our list. So so shall we start at number five? Yes, shall we start at number five, of course. <laughs> you got you to gotta build up the, the, uh, the suspense to see what's going to be number one. Okay, number five is Ascension. Because while, yes, it was one of the first games that got us into the hobby, um, over time it's kind of grown almost I don't know. Too simple. Well, it's basic. That, that's the thing. Like yeah. in in terms of deck building games, like it's a very simple and straightforward deck building game. Um, they've added little tweaks to the mechanics through the different sets that they've released over the years. I'm not very impressed with the last one. No, Dawn of Champions not my favorite. Um, like I think I said, Realms Unraveled. On one of our shows, I made some some suggestions that they should do, and I think it would make it better. Yeah, I think Realms Unraveled is probably if if we were you're going to recommend one specific set to anybody that would be the one I think is the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ascension as itself, it's, it's a great place to start. I don't know. Rise of Vigil is still pretty good. Too. Rise of Vigil is pretty good as well, especially when you add in the, the, uh, the, the mini expansion that ties in with that one. Um, I would recommend this game to any newer gamers. I think this was also on our best gateway Yes. games list if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um so it's it's still and it's and for sentimental reasons if anything else it's going to always hold a place in our in our collection it holds a special place on the top of our shelf yes. of games right now that's like the box size is weird and doesn't fit well into the into the expedite shelves 
Like you can't fit them all in there. You think you'd be able to? No, it's just very odd. But yeah, the ascension. I mean, even to the point where I've made custom inserts for three out of the five mod uh, sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and everybody at work was looking at me. I would sit there on my lunch break and I'm like measuring things out, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm making inserts for my game." What? But yeah, so the the ascension system uh, we have is our number five uh, deck building game. Uh, number four is Puzzle Strike, a uh, little bit of a unique game uh, in the terms that it's a very confrontational game. Uh, the other games in the list aren't as directly confrontational as Puzzle Strike is. Puzzle Strike is actually a, a chip building a, game. Yeah, or a bag say, it's not a game. deck building, it's a chip building. They're little uh, cardboard poker chips. Yep. Um, but it's it is the you know the puzzle fighter system where you are you know you have a deck of chips and you know it, it's got it's it's very Dominion esque in terms of the rules where you have you know one and it's got action fun characters. yeah and then you buy cards and then you and, you know clean it up and draw a new hand um, great great game if you've ever played Puzzle Fighter you must get this game it's excellent uh, it's a great two player game because of the you know, the direct back and forth confrontational aspect of it. Um, really good game. Well, you know what it reminds me of? Like huh. you say puzzle fighter, but I didn't really play puzzle fighter. Um, <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. Dr. Robotnik's oh, mean bean laugh. machine. Puzzle fighter derived some of its gameplay from mean bean machine. Because so. mean bean machine, when you're playing head to head, you know, you're going like this and then it's dropping beans on this yeah, side. And that's what, you know, I think that's why I like it. Cause I, I used to play the crap out of bean, mean bean machine. Yeah. And it's, and you're trying to like, so what puzzle fighter added was the ability to combine the gems into a larger gem basically. And well, like, and that's a greater it did effect. that too, because like when you got to X amount, it would turn them into rocks and then you could oh, did they get do rid that? of them. Oh yeah. And maybe I don't remember oh, that. Yeah. Okay. You were the expert on that game. I remember you played the the crap out of it. So. Well, remember <laughs> when you got it on the collection, I platinum that you piece did. for you. You did. So, but yeah, Puzzle Strike is great. There's also a standalone expansion out for the game, which either is a great place to start or just doubles the amount of content that the game has. So very great. Lots of variety, too, um, the different character combinations. Yeah, and actually, I think Brad has an app on his phone that will randomly mm-hmm. pick um, which which chips that you use each game. is very... Very cool. Yep. Uh, number three on our list is one that probably a lot of people haven't heard of even. Or don't have just because it's hard to harder to get. Right. And it's uh, paperback. Yes. Tim Fowers. This is the the word deck building game. So think if Scrabble and Dominion cross paths, that would basically be what paperback is. So it's a game where you have a deck of cards. Each card what is. What about Quiddler? Quiddler, I, I think more people know Scrabbler, <laughs> Scrabble than Quiddler, I would imagine. Quiddler's a little bit more on the outside mm. for most people. Um, but yeah, in this game, uh, you have a deck of cards. Each of them corresponds to a letter, and you try to make words or a word with the cards that are in your hand. Um, each letter that you use is worth a certain amount of money, which you can then use to buy other Not cards. Not all letters are worth money, though. Yeah, wild, wilds aren't, but the, the regular letters um, are worth money. There's also a uh, like a set of common letters or common because there's, mm. it's not always a letter. Sometimes it's a space bar, so you can use make two words. Yeah, it's like a but community letter. Basically. But if you make a word, and, and at the top it tells you, um, what's it like, does it start at seven? Yeah, like a word length. And if you make a word of seven letters, you actually get to take that card into your hand. And, yep, it's worth points at the end yeah. of the game as well. And then um, this one is probably the most similar to Dominion just because you get points by buying the their score. They're specifically scoring cards that you can purchase that are all yes. worth a different amount of money. Unlike Dominion, though, those cards are actually useful because they also operate as wilds and in your deck i also too. love the cleverness of it because uh it is paperback so the the um the uh author of the books in the game her name is Paige turner ha ha mm. and, and well and the theme too i don't know if you even bothered to read like your editor pays you by the letters that's why you're trying yeah, yeah, to yeah, use yeah. as many letters as possible so um paperback though is a really 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 solid game um it's 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 really cool and it's a great it's also a very accessible game because a lot of even non gamers might be compelled to play it well, just because you, it's a word game. And so. you told me because his mother loves Scrabble and and things of that nature, but we all refuse to play Scrabble with her anymore. So he's like, I think my mom would really like this. I said, All right, well, next time she comes down, I said, Let's bust it out and see what she does. So. Well, and the other great thing too is that in the box there also is 
a handful of like small modules that you can add to the game to to beef up the complexity or to add different ways yeah, to score points. Yeah, there's theme cards and mm-hmm. what's the one? Uh, they have uh, variable player powers. They have attack cards if oh, you want a more aggressive cards. game. Yeah, they have these little cubes that. Um, so when, basically, the way the cards are laid out is that there's many different stacks that each cost different money, but there's always two cards that are visible. There's one that you draw off, and then there's the top of the deck. But if you buy one of the cards off the top of the deck, it actually adds this cube. Um, to the lower card, and when someone buys that, they can use the cubes, which you can then cash in for discounts on cards on future turns. So, yep. like I said, lots of little modules to to increase the the variability of the game. Very a good. A lot though. of game and a little bit of box. Yeah, and like I said, it's uh, it's it's self published, so you can. Uh, Tim Fowers is the gentleman who designed the game. Um, you can get it from his website when it's in stock. He 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 seems to be doing regular printings. Um, so every couple of months he has a it's new awesome. supply. Yeah, it's, I recommend it highly. We highly recommend it. Uh, number two, and this was a tough one between number two and number one for was me. It, really? it was because I've really, I've really been taken with the number two game that we have, and that's Legendary well, Encounters. I, I have also, but number one. So Legendary Encounters, I know we've talked about on the show before. Um, this is the alien deck building game, uh, the cooperative deck building game that takes the Marvel Legendary system, makes it better, but yeah, but makes it completely cooperative where you're actually playing against the game itself, um, and working together instead of the semi cooperative game that Legendary is. The way too easy game that Legendary is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the basic deck building game, but where this one really shines is the thematic integration because in each of the you know base games they have a setup you're playing through you're playing one of through the alien each of movies. these four movies yes and the characters that you have available to you are the ones from those movies and each set of characters has some you know synergies with each other that you can use to to you know make make them more powerful as you use them on your turn but it's great because it's extremely difficult um it's really made me want to watch the movies again yeah it has like i i remember after we started playing i i watched you know alien came on and i just got sucked damn in damn it you told oh, me I'll you were gonna watch them with me i would you watch alien you anytime suck. you suck okay <laughs> but uh but yeah legendary encounters is great um they just released the predators version uh, which also adds a competitive mode and to no the game. And no one wants us to have this game. We went to like five game stores and nobody had it in stock, so we had we to order it. We got cool stuff. We're good. It'll, it'll probably be here yes, tomorrow. Yes, but I wanted to be able to grab it and bring it home because I... Look, this is a sickness, okay? We love this game so much. We knew that the Predator thing was coming out. I made him find out the card count so that I could go ahead and order the sleeves and have them at the ready when we got mm-hmm. it. Which we do. It's a sickness. It really is. Well, no, it's not a sickness because it just goes to show you we play this game so much that we need to sleeve the cards so that they stay nice and safe and secure. Uh, it just makes it a lot easier to shuffle. I, I mean, we've probably played the Alien version 15 times, which for us is a lot. At least. With the, with the amount of games that we own. So, And i got to tell you, some, some of the movies, what was it, 2 and 4 seem to be easier than 1 and 3. One and three kicked our butts mm-hmm. multiple times before we finally found like, three. We still haven't beaten yet. Oh, we haven't. No, oh, son of we a just decided to move on to four because we were tired of playing. Son three. of a sea biscuit. <laughs> so, but four. I, I also think four. We got unreasonably lucky we with some of our did. card draws. I think it was supposed to be a little bit. I'm harder telling than you, that. we've also had our most brutal game. Is we both. Ugh, I don't know how we ended up with this, but both of us within. Two turns died from a chest burster in one game, and it was terrible. Yeah, it's like I said, really just excellent game. Legendary encounters. Um, I wanted to. I was really considering put it number one, but at the end of the day, the number one game is trains. Yep, our favorite deck builder for sure. Because you know we've we've told the story on the show before. Emily saw it was completely nonplussed. Watch the shut up well, and sit down review it was a little bit more which interesting. I love those guys. Those yeah. guys crack me up because they do. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I was just like, this is just so boring. And then um, we happened to be at games and stuff one day, and we're walking around, and uh, one of the guys came up to us and was talking to us, and he's like, seriously, he's like, this game. He says, don't go by the way it looks. He goes, because if you look at the box, he goes, it's boring. He says, and who wants to play a game about trains? He starts describing the game and the gameplay, and it seemed more interesting the way that he described it than the way that everywhere else had described it to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I looked at Brad, I was like, all right, come on, let's just get it. We brought it home, cracked it open, we played it, and I was like, okay, can we play again? <laughs> <laughs> 
So trains, yeah, trains is basically Dominion with a board. Because not only are you acquiring cards and, and then acquiring scoring cards. But you're placing rail, you're placing stations and cities. And... Yeah, and, try, and basically you score... You can score points not only through scoring cards that they have for purchase, but if you have they train also have stations remote built, cities yeah, if that you, you can score that are strictly just yeah, you point lay, cities. lay your train line across cities, build stations, and then they're worth points at the end of the game. Terrific game, tons of variability because there's I think thirty action cards or train cards that you can that you randomly select eight of which each game. So every game that you play is going to have a different combination of cards. Plus they came out with Trains Rising Sun mm-hmm. and there was that it's basically a whole nother It's another core set. box basically. Yeah, and so even more variability plus they have extra maps that you can buy with different locations. Mm-hmm. They have two player specific maps which is great for our purposes that cuz it really boils the map down and increases the Plus I like that they have like one side they have two player maps where like you actually have specific start points mm-hmm. and it's like a race to go up the board basically. Yeah yeah yeah. And then they have some two player maps where it's just like okay you can just kind of do your yeah, thing. So, but like I said, just imagine take Dominion, take Ticket to Ride, mash them together. That's essentially what you have in trains. It's our number one deck building game. It's the one that we will probably always default to and play the most. I would say, um, just a just a great, 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 great game. It's one that we love to death. It's one of the ones that we love to introduce to people who even are non gamers. Well, that's the thing too. Like, like it's it's, it's accessible. accessible. Yeah, it's yes. accessible enough that you can. It's. I would have no problem showing this to people as their first deck building game because it's it's that easy to hop in and learn it and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that to play. Oh yeah, very good game. Love it. Trains our number one deck building game. Mm-hmm. So I'd I'd be curious to see if there's any that you guys out there uh, like that we might not have mentioned. Um, Anything you can turn us on to. We're always sure. looking to turn to you know try out new stuff for sure. So you definitely give us your recommendations as well. Um, that's all the show that we have for you this week. Uh, just a quick reminder as well that we're affiliated with the Nerdpocalypse Studios Network. Uh, make sure to check out all the other shows that we have in the network as well, including Nerdpocalypse, Dense Pixels, Black on Black Cinema, Mouthful of Toast, and check out our premium membership as well, which is only five bucks a month. Uh, that gets you access to all sorts of other shows. Uh, like the airing of grievances, like look forward, uh, our political podcast and no time to bleed our action movie podcast. So lots of cool stuff to check there. Um, and just a reminder to say hi to us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, at tabletop for two for all of those to subscribe to the show. Um, that's all I have for this week. So thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll see you in a few weeks. See ya. Bye.